You are listening to The Whole Testament, a podcast working to put the Old and New Testaments back together. You can find us on theholetestament.com or by searching The Whole Testament on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this appetizer episode, Dave will be looking at the story of the rich young ruler and his desire for securing eternal life. We will look at how Jesus responds and see if it should challenge the way we view our life and our understanding of salvation. Okay, so we're going to turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 10 today, and we're going to look at the uh, concept of eternal life and see if we can't learn something about the first century and how they would have looked at this scripture and maybe it'll affect the way we uh, have traditionally understood this. So, Luke chapter 10, 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. So, the first thing I want to point out is it says at the beginning here, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. That's not going to be kind of what we think about as a lawyer, you know, someone who deals with court stuff. Um, The lawyer in this context, in first century Judaism, is a scribe, somebody who studies. So, the law is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the five books that were given to us by Moses um, from God. And so, that's the law. So, somebody who studies the law will be considered a lawyer. So, here we have a Old Testament Bible scholar coming up to Jesus saying, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you know, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And then he quotes, what is the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and your mind. And the second is like it, your neighbor as yourself. So this is just kind of a common thing that's going on in that time. You know, what is the greatest commandment? A lot of times we hear it shortened down even shorter these days. And people say, All you have to do is love God and love people. So, um, when the guy asked Jesus, this Bible scholar asked Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, what do you think? And he says, love God, love people. And then he says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. And the thing I wanted to point out, one of the things that we miss so many times is Jesus switches the conversation here. And we don't really notice it because we kind of read through it with our modern understanding. The teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? The question is, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. He drops the eternal. He says, you will have life here and now. There's another story. Um, Some people think maybe Luke told it different than Mark. And Matthew, but Matthew and Mark also have another story of what we call the rich young ruler who comes up and talks to Jesus. I'm going to read it out of Matthew, verse um, 19, 
or chapter 19, starting verse 16. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Okay, so here's the question again. Here's somebody coming up asking, What do I need to do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So in this story, again, here's, here comes a guy. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus switches it and says, if you would enter life. So Jesus is switching the concept. So I don't know how many of you have said, you know, what do I need to do to get into heaven? It it's kind of been a focus if you don't want to go to hell, you have to do this. And if you want to go to heaven, then you have to believe in Jesus. And then you have to do X, Y, Z if you want to go to heaven. And we live our lives kind of in this um, constant struggle of if I sin, I'm going to go to hell. And so I've got to repent so that I can go to heaven. And if you go out of this church tonight, I, I know when I was growing up, I heard pastors say, if you don't come and repent tonight and you leave and then you die, you will be going to hell. So we find that we've inherited this idea or we've been taught this idea that our entire salvation, our coming to faith in Jesus Christ is, is really about what happens after we die. So we've got all of uh, all these people who are going around living their lives basically saying, okay, I'm worried about if I mess up, I'm going to go to hell. And this whole existence is based on, okay, all of what I do and my faith and my obedience is determining my eternal salvation. In our next podcast, and we're, we're going to talk about this in the entree episode of this, and we're going to kind of go into the development of the um, concept of eternal life because there isn't anything in the Torah and very little in the entirety of the Old Testament that talks about life after death. It's something that begins to develop in the intertestamental period, which is between that white page between Matthew and Malachi. That's the intertestamental period. So that's when the ideas begin to really take much more hold and is starting to affect the way people think in the first century. And Jesus is coming on the scene and he's saying, if you would enter life, Jesus is constantly changing it to say, look, your focus should not be on what happens after I die. Your focus should be on what does this life look like right here and right now? And so I think that we've completely missed this opportunity where God is saying, hey, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And we think it's so much more about what happens after I die so that we miss the blessing. And so what does Jesus say here? If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And then there's this interesting conversation. He's like, which ones? And so Jesus lists off. Um, and if you count with me, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. That's only six 
That's only six commandments. And and so, is that it? All you have to do is those six? Is that all? Is that really what Jesus is saying here? It's not. Jesus is never just saying what he's saying. There's always something that's deeper. He's hitting at something very specific and significant in this guy's life. And he says to him, all the, or the guy was responding, well, I've done all that. What do I still lack? So the guy knows. So see, this guy knows there's still something missing. I still don't have that peace or that comfort that says, you know, I have all this wealth in my life and I have pretty good life and I've, I've accomplished the things I want to accomplish. And yet I'm so I'm concerned about what's going to happen after I die. And yet there's still this missing thing in his life. And I don't know for for us if, you know, we've got these things where we're like, oh man, if I could just get that raise, if I could just have that child, if I could just get that wife, if I could just move to this new house. We always have these like this next thing, then, 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 then. That's where this guy is. He's saying, man, what, what do I need to do to get that next thing? Because everything else is good here. And Jesus is saying, if you would enter life. So if by saying that, if you would even enter life, Jesus is saying, you are worried about eternal life and you don't even have life now. You're worried about what's going to happen with you after you die and you're missing the fact that you're dead even right now. Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. So Jesus is looking at this guy. I don't know if you noticed when we listed the six commandments off, the ones that are missing are all the ones that are relating to how we relate to God. You know, when the lawyer came and asked him in the previous in Luke, he says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and all your strength and your mind and your neighbor as yourself. There's two parts. It's God and people. Well, what this rich young ruler is what we call him in our scriptures or at least the subtitle is, the rich young ruler, when Jesus mentions the commandments, it's only the ones dealing with people. Murder, adultery, stealing, false witness, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is saying, look, you're doing all the right things you're supposed to do to fit into the society and you've been blessed and you have great wealth because of it, but you're still missing something. And he knows it. He's like, what do I still lack? And so Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, and if you if you look up that word perfect, uh, the best definition for this scenario is wanting nothing necessary for completeness. The guy knows he's missing something. Jesus looks at him and can see what he's missing. Your grace will be enough When my eyes can't see What you have prepared for me Grace will be enough And strength is rising As I wait patiently Your words, they comfort me Strength is rising 
blessing Lift up your heads, you weary souls Our God is not done yet Our King will come with the morning light Bringing joy to the darkest of night So what we see is this guy, the rich young ruler, has separated out his current existence. He's done what he needs to do in this life to amass his security. To say, I've got a house, I've got servants, I've got the right, the right car, I've got the right job, I've got the right Facebook account, everybody thinks all these wonderful things about me. So he's focused on his whole existence here, and what he's missed is he's separated out his life from his faith because he's kept all the commandments that deal with life and he's left out the commandments that deal with his faith. And Jesus says, as long as you have separated out your spiritual life with your, from your physical life, and so that's the question, I want to make sure I go to heaven when I die. So what we're doing is we're saying my spiritual existence is only important, my spiritual life is important for after I die. And I can just live my life now, making sure I don't do anything really bad, and then I'll be okay. And Jesus is saying, if you want to enter life, if you want to be perfect, and he looks at this guy and he sees where his spiritual heart is, and he says, go and sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. So this guy can't do it. And the and one of the things that I love in Mark, uh, when it tells this story, the guy says, Teacher, all of these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. I love that. We've got this story, right? And this guy is like, got these other, basically it all comes down to his possessions and his control over his own life, making sure he has everything in order the way he wants it, has become his God. It's become more important than saying, God, what do you want from me in this life? Not what do I need to do to make sure I go to heaven when I die. The question is, what do you want from me in this life? And Jesus looks at him and he loves him. And out of that love, he says, go sell everything and come follow me. Now, I'm not saying, and I'm sure Jesus wouldn't say, everybody's supposed to go sell everything they have and come follow him. But what he is saying is, what it is you think that you have to have this control over so that you feel secure and you feel safe and you feel valued and important, he says, get rid of that. The question would be, are you willing, are we willing as followers of Jesus to say, I will surrender whatever you ask. Whatever you ask of me, I will surrender to follow you. Are we able to 
let go of the things that we need for life so that we can have real life. I don't have the answers, but I got a lot of questions. Are we waiting for the rapture? Or some kind of redemption? A light to run from the fright of another composition of the meaning of life. We are already entering into eternal life. And then this next part is the kicker. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. John is saying, you, as soon as we believe in God, we have entered in. We've moved from death into life. From death into life. And in John chapter 5, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. As a follower of the Messiah, as a follower of Jesus, we have moved from death to life. We have already begun our eternal life. It doesn't happen when we die. It's already begun. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. You may have life. You may have been entered into the eternal life. But if we're not obedient, if we're not following His commandments, if we're not surrendering our possessions, if we're not surrendering our title, if we're not surrendering our desires and our will and our wants in this life, then we will not have life in this life. If you want to have life and life to the full, we have to realize that our spiritual lives and our physical lives are the same. And God is saying, come live the eternal life starting now. Find the blessing in obedience. Is there anything in your life that you are unwilling to surrender? Jesus is looking at you right now, and he loves you. And because he loves you, he knows what is best for you, what the fullest life here and now on this earth is going to be for you, but you have to be willing to trust him enough, not just with what happens when you die, but with what happens today and tomorrow. You have to be willing to trust him with whatever circumstance or situation he is calling you into to say, look, this is life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. Heavenly Father, we just pray, God, that in this moment, whatever day of the week it is, whatever time of the day it is, wherever in the world this is being listened to, that your Holy Spirit would move in that moment and that you would open our eyes to see two things. You love us more than we can understand. And two, 
You have bigger plans for our life here and now in this moment. Help us, Father God, to leave behind whatever it is that is keeping us from entering into eternal life in this moment and to follow you. We ask this in the name, the powerful name of Jesus the Messiah. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button. If you would like more information about us, you can find us at thewholetestament.com. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at thewholetestament at gmail.com. In our next episode, Dave, Kevin, and Fred will be talking through the idea of Jesus' words, if you will have life. What does it mean to have life here and now? And why do so many people limit their faith to what happens after they die? Is heaven or hell really all salvation is about?